0: The FF Live Podcast, presented by Fantasy Football Live.
1: Welcome to the 2018 Week One episode of the FF Live Podcast presented by
0: Fantasy Football Live. Today is Wednesday, September 5th. I'm Ben Schrager, and I'm here with Jeff Lorenz. The first game is tomorrow, and I could not be more excited. The link is going to be rocking. we got a busy show for you, so let's get right to it. So today, in our first ever in-season
1: podcast, we're going to talk an injury report. We're going to help you guys stream defenses. We're going to give you a little over-under with fantasy points, and we'll finish off with Jeff and I's bold prediction for the week. So we'll start off with the injury report. Big injury that happened just before the season. Jarek McKinnon, unfortunately, tore his ACL. He was one of our favorite sleeper picks initially, and then his stock grew, but unfortunately he's done for the year. Jeff, who do you like in that San Francisco
0: backfield? This McKinnon injury was really unfortunate because it looked like he was going to be in for a monster season, but now we have to take a look at what's left of this Niners' backfield with Alfred Morris and Matt Breida. And you could really make a case for either guy. They both have positives. Brieta, of course, in his second year, had a really promising rookie season, and he's really involved in the receiving game, a much better receiver than Morris. And now Morris, on the other hand, he's the veteran who has a long history with Kyle Shanahan. Everyone remembers the three straight 1,000-yard seasons. He had in Washington, and he showed he can still play. Last season in Dallas, averaging 4.8 yards per carry and carrying that momentum into the preseason this year. So overall, it's looking like it's going to be a committee, probably with Morris leading the way on first and second downs, and then Brieta coming in in passing situations and filling in the cracks.
1: I agree. I think your take is pretty accurate. I think Brieta is built to be a pass catcher, so if you're in a PPR league, maybe you lean Brieta, but... I do like Alfred Morris a little better because I think that offense is going to be dominating some games, and that means they're going to be running the ball a lot, and Morris is the the between-the-tackles guy. Morris was a top-ten running back both years that he was with Shanahan in Washington, and you did mention Morris running really well in Dallas last year, but as we know, really dominant O-line. They didn't really have a passing game, so I'm not sure how great Morris will be, but I do think he'll be their starter. He'll get first, second-down touches, and Breida will be more of a complementary role, but I don't think either are top 30. However, if you're in a 10-team, 12-team, 16-team league, both these guys have to be
0: rostered. So if one's out there, pick them up right now. I agree with you. Definitely both should be rostered. We could end up seeing this be similar to the Devonta Freeman-Tevin Coleman split we saw in Atlanta in that Kyle Shanahan-led offense. I agree. Keeping up with the injury theme, it has just been announced that Alshon Jeffery, wide receiver of the Eagles, has been ruled out for week one. Ben, what are you making of this? So I think this is kind of something where we
1: could take advantage of as fantasy owners because Alshon Jeffery was their top red zone target last year. They just brought in new tight end Dallas Goddard, and Aguilar and Wallace are both popular sleeper picks, so I think if you need a deep flyer for this week, I think Mike Wallace might be a guy you can pick up, and if you... If you're thinking about Goddard because of the situation, I would say avoid him because the Falcons gave up the 30th most fantasy points to tight ends last year, so they really lock in on their tight ends. Ertz is going to obviously be the guy, but I don't think you could really sneak Goddard into a lineup. I think Aguilar and Wallace will benefit most from this. What do you think?
0: I agree, and I think this is an injury situation that often gets overlooked because of how much attention Carson Wentz is getting. But right now, Aguilar is going to be the number one guy. He really improved last year playing in the slot with 768 yards, eight touchdowns, good for wide receiver 22 in fantasy. Something that's overlooked as well is that he had the fifth most red zone targets in the NFL. And he also showed consistency. He caught four or more passes in seven games last season. I like Aguilar to be the biggest beneficiary of this, but I wouldn't mind plugging in Wallace and Flex and hoping for a home run ball. So next, as we're recording this podcast, Carson Wentz has not been ruled out yet
1: from the game, but we do not expect him to play tomorrow night. Jeff, Nick Foles is going to start. Do you
0: like Foles as a streaming option? If Foles is anything like his 2017 playoff self, then yes, absolutely. He averaged 323 yards per game during that magical stretch and had six touchdowns to just one interception now expectations to still be tempered because you can't forget about what he did in the three regular season games that he started where he had a lackluster 54 percent completion rate and just 146 yards per game so yes I do like Foles, but like I said expectations need to be tempered
1: so if you had to stream a quarterback you're a Wentz owner Are you streaming Foles, or are you picking up a guy like Andy Dalton against the Colts?
0: Yeah, it it really depends how deep your league is and who's on waivers. I do like Dalton because of his matchup, so I would probably go with Dalton. But in larger leagues where the best available quarterback on waivers is Nathan Peterman, you obviously have to go with Foles. I agree. I think Foles has a plus
1: matchup here against the Falcons, and he has plenty of weapons to use. Don't forget about Jay Ajayi's pass-catching ability and Darren Sproles out of the backfield. These guys are kind of being overlooked for their pass catching ability. He's got two really good tight ends to use, Aguilar and Wallace down the field. I think Foles could be a really good streamer this weekend. Don't be afraid to
0: throw him in your daily fantasy lineup as well. Wentz still hasn't been cleared for contact, so we could be seeing multiple weeks of Foles. Our next injury headline is that Marlon Mack is unlikely to play. He's doubtful versus Cincinnati. So Ben, what are you making of the Indianapolis backfield without Mack and without Robert Turbin, who's been suspended. So at
1: first look, it appears that we should try to take advantage of this because the Bengals give up the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. And this is an offense where Andrew Luck probably isn't going to sling it right away. So they're going to be running the ball. But unfortunately, Frank Reich is going to use multiple running backs and no running back in the preseason really separated themselves from each other. You saw Christine Michael had one good game. Hines really struggled throughout Wilkins got a lot of carries but really wasn't impressing and in week three of the preseason which usually indicates the most of any preseason game those three split 33% of the carries each pretty much And Wilkins is going to start, but I just think it's going to be too much of a committee to take advantage of this this weekend. What do you think?
0: So Wilkins will get the go as technically the starter, but at this point, that's nothing more than just a name tag. It's going to be a pretty much even split unless Hines fumbles as much as he did in the preseason and gets doghouse or someone gets injured. But at this point, there's no indication of that. Therefore, I really don't want any part of this backfield. So if you have to roster one guy for this weekend you know you really got to plug in a guy maybe Alshon Jeffrey was your flex and you need a flex option do you go Wilkins Christine Michael or Hines Uh, I definitely go Wilkins just because he's the starter and he's going to have the most opportunity to score the most fantasy points but it's really cloudy I agree And, and they should be winning against
1: Cincinnati they should be running the ball a lot so I think Wilkins is the guy but really don't see any of them as having a huge impact this weekend not not any confidence in any of them Streaming defenses. So our next segment is streaming defenses. In case you're new to the program, streaming of defenses, you look at the defenses based on matchup, home field, a couple other factors, and you pick up a different defense each week, and you kind of ride the hot hand. You don't settle in on a defense just because on paper they're pretty good, and when they play the Packers, you keep them in the lineup, and they get negative points. So this segment is going to look at defenses that are owned in less than 15% of NFL.com standard leagues, And we'll tell you which ones we really like this weekend to score 10-plus points and help you win your matchup. Jeff, who's your favorite defense to stream this weekend?
0: So I'm going to go with the Giants defense versus Jacksonville. And I know I might get a lot of heat for this, but people are forgetting how good and how much talent the Giants defense has. I think last year was a fluke, but they really have an elite player in every facet of their defense, and their secondary is very strong. And then at the end of the day, you're facing Blake Bortles. You're guaranteed a couple turnovers. So I'll go with the Giants. How about you? What's your favorite defense for this week? I love the Lions this week. They're at home against the Jets. The
1: Jets have no run game. Sam Darnold's making his debut, and we really don't know what's to come from that. And the Lions have a really good secondary, and people are sleeping on their defense. I
0: think the Lions could prove not only to be good this week, but to be good in any plus matchup. I think you make a really strong case for the Lions, and that brings me to another point. Anytime you can find a defense who's against a rookie quarterback, you're already looking at a couple turnovers and off to a good start in terms of your streaming defense. Another option I was looking at is the Seahawks defense at Denver. You know, that new look Denver offense with Case Keenum. You don't know what you're going to get. Could definitely see a couple turnovers there as well.
1: And one other one for me is the Bengals. They're at the Colts. We have no idea what Andrew Luck is going to bring to the table, but if you guys recall, back when Andrew Luck was an elite quarterback – every week fantasy option he still turned the ball over a ton he throws pretty risky passes and that's what makes him a good fantasy quarterback but if he throws three interceptions one of them gets taken back to the house that's a ton of points for you I do not mind starting the Bengals defense against the Colts we really don't know what kind of running game they're going to have and Andrew Luck is turnover prone whether he's fully healthy or not so to recap we love the Lions this week Jeff likes the Giants I really like the Bengals against the Colts and Jeff also likes Seattle defense.
0: Over or under.
1: So as you guys know, in the season, we're going to be airing podcasts on Wednesday. So right before the Thursday night game. So we're going to debut a segment called Over Under. And in Over Under, we're going to look at two players at each position. One Thursday night player and one Sunday player from each position and give an over under for their fantasy points. Jeff's going to make his pick. I'm going to make my pick. And we'll keep a running total throughout the season. So for example, this week we're starting off at quarterback... Our Thursday night player is Matt Ryan. Jeff,
0: the over-under for Matt Ryan fantasy points, 17. Do you think he'll hit 17 points this week? I'm going to go under here. Ryan had 210 yards and a touchdown against the Eagles when they matched up in the postseason, which is just 12 fantasy points. Eagles defense is really stout, and the link's going to be rocking. It's going to be a really tough environment to play, so under for Ryan. What about you?
1: I'm taking the under as well. The Eagles defense is unbelievable, fantastic front, they shut down quarterbacks last year, gave up the 23rd most fantasy points. I think Matt Ryan may hit Julio Jones for a touchdown, but I think that's probably the extent of what he's going to do. He may fumble a, t- a couple times, throw a pick or two. I think he's really going to be limited, and I think the Eagles' defense will do a good job shutting down the Okay, clock. let's go to running go back, Jay Ryan over under 10 points. I'm going to go over for Jay Jaye, and here's why. The Falcons' defense was really good against running back last year, but Jay Ajayi is poised for a huge workload. Corey Clement is coming off injury. We don't know how much he's going to be used week one. Nick Foles at quarterback means the Eagles are going to be running the ball a lot. I think Jay Ajayi is going to go over 10 points.
0: I'm going to go under here. I think that the only way Jay Ajayi gets over 10 is if he scores a touchdown. I don't see him getting over 100 yards in this game. I think Clement is going to have a bigger role than you stated. I think the Eagles' backfield is going to be more of a committee than people think. So I'll go under for Ajayi for 10. So sticking with the Thursday night game
1: for wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar over under 10 points. We talked about him earlier.
0: He's going to be hyped up this week. What do you think? So I'm going to go over here. As the Eagles' number one receiver this week, I just definitely see him scoring a touchdown and possibly even getting 100 yards. So either way, he's going to be over 10 points. We saw he had a nose for the end zone last year, and I think he's only going to improve this year. I'm with you. I'm going over as well. I see him finding the
1: end zone with Alshon Jeffrey on the bench. I think Aguilar could legitimately score a touchdown and get 100 yards, so I think this is a pretty easy pick over on the 10 points.
0: And our last Thursday night over-under pick is Austin Hooper, the tight end for the Falcons, 4 points over-under. I'm taking the under here. The Eagles are an average defense against tight end. I
1: think Hooper's probably going to get 5 catches for 30 yards, and that's not enough. That's just not enough at all. I think Hooper last year had maybe 2 games where he got over 100 yards, and One of them was on an 80-some yard touchdown catch. I think Hooper's a pretty boring option, and I really don't like anyone who's thinking about starting Hooper this week. Maybe George Kittle's coming off injury, and you don't want to start him, and you're looking for another
0: tight end. I don't think Hooper's a good option. What do you think? I think Hooper's output is based solely on if he can get in the end zone. So give me the over here. I think he's going to score a short touchdown, and that'll get him over four points. Let's move to the Sunday games, back to quarterback.
1: Jeff, we mentioned him earlier, Andy Dalton against the Colts, over under 20
0: fantasy points. People forget that Andy Dalton had 25 touchdowns to just 12 interceptions last year. I think he's going to benefit from a healthy Eifert, but 20 points is a lot. I'm going under here for Dalton. I'm going over here, actually. I think Dalton will be a top
1: five quarterback this week. I think he's going to air it out. Against the Colts, Andrew Luck's back. Andrew Luck's going to be putting up some pretty good numbers. Dalton's going to have to match him. The Colts defense gave up the 14th most fantasy points last year to quarterbacks. Andy Dalton's going to take advantage of a John Ross deep touchdown. A couple A.J. Green big plays. Eifert's going to score. I think everything's going to click for Dalton this week. And believe me, I do not like Dalton season long. But this week, I think, is Dalton's week to shine. I think he'll score over 20 points.
0: Back to running back. Carlos Hyde versus the Steelers, 12 points. This is a tough one for me because
1: the situation looked pretty shady going into the season, but I'm liking Hyde this year, and I'm liking him against the Steelers. I'm going to go over. I think Hyde is going to get pretty much the full load in terms of carries. I think Chubb will be non-existent this week. Believe me, I like Chubb later on in the season, but I think Hyde got paid this offseason. Hyde's ready to roll against a Pittsburgh defense that was very weak against running backs last year, and... To be honest, at home, the Browns are going to run the ball a ton. It's going to be a crazy
0: crowd. Coming off of hard knocks, I think Hyde goes over 12 points. What do you think? This backfield was really cloudy to start the preseason, and now it's actually showing a lot of clarity with Hyde winning the job over Chubb. I agree that Chubb's going to be non-existent. I just don't think the Browns' offense is ready to make that next step. I don't see Hyde scoring 12 points. I'm going under.
1: So here's a big one. At wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. against
0: the Jaguars, over under 10 points. So with all the talking that Jalen Ramsey's been doing, you better hope that he will be able to shut down Odell Beckham. With that being said, I don't think Odell's going to let that happen. I see him going over 10 points and scoring a touchdown and give him 100 yards as well.
1: Ooh, I do not like that pick at all. I'm going under. I think Odell's going to get shut down, just like the Jaguars did to every wide receiver last year. Now, Odell may get a big play or two. I, th- I don't think Odell's going to get under 50 yards, but I don't see Odell sneaking into the end zone. I think Odell probably get 5, 6, to 7 points this week. However, in our overall rankings, we don't have him outside the top 10 because it's Odell Beckham Jr. You can't just not
0: start the guy, but I don't think he'll reach 10 points. Yeah, he's matchup proof. And our final over-under the day is just re-signed Antonio Gates versus the Chiefs. Eight points. Oof, that's a tough line because Antonio Gates is
1: going to be a touchdown-reliant option this year, and that's all he's going to be. But However, when Hunter Henry was out last year, Gates had over 10 points in each of these games. So I'm going to take the over here. I think Gates gets 30 yards in a touchdown, and that's enough to hit the over. But I, I think if you're an Antonio Gates owner— You better hope he
0: scores a touchdown each week because I don't think he's going to be playing much in the middle of the field. What do you think? I completely agree that Gates is a touchdown-reliant option at tight end, and if you're starting him, you definitely better look for other options around him. He was just signed off his couch last week, and now he's going to be expected to get eight fantasy points against the Chiefs. I don't see it happening this week. I think he'll be eased into the action for at least the first couple weeks to get him back up to game speed. So that was our over-under segment. Next week, we'll take a look at how everyone
1: did. I'll probably do better, but at the end of the day, each week we'll keep a running total, and we'll continue this segment every single week and see who ends up with the better score at the end of the year.
0: Bold predictions.
1: We're going to finish off today's episode with bold predictions. We're each going to give one bold prediction for this week. Might be a little bold, but it's going to happen, and it's
0: going to win someone a fantasy game this week. Jeff, what's your bold prediction? I have Keelan Cole, wide receiver for the Jaguars, going for 100 yards and a touchdown against the Giants' defense. People forget that he was number two in the NFL in fantasy points over the last five weeks of the season in 2017. Of course, Marquise Lee goes down with the injury. Cole's now going to be the guy, and he's going to start off the season with a bang. Who's your bold prediction for this week?
1: So I'm going to go with a New England running back being a top 10 running back, and it may not be the one you're thinking of. James White will be a top 10 running back. The others haven't been practicing fully. They just cut Mike Gillisley. I think James White will be a top 10 running back this week, and he'll probably be a reliant option throughout the season if Belichick uses him a little more than he typically does running backs. We really don't know how Belichick's going to use guys week to week, but I think this week is James White's week to own. He was the most efficient running back this preseason. They're against Houston, and he's a free agent in 10% of leagues. So if he's a free agent in your league... You should pick him up and consider starting him in the flex. I think he's going to go off this week against the Texans.
0: I really like that pick. Burkhead's banged up. Michelle's banged up. I think White is going to have a very large workload this week, and I agree that he could be a top 10 RB. So that's
1: it for today's show. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at FFootballLive. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and it'll give you a notification every time we post a new podcast.
0: Good luck this week, everybody. We're here for all your questions to get you started for the week and get you off on the right track, 1-0. We'll see you next Wednesday. Hopefully you'll be 1-0
1: at that point. Let's go. Football's back.